Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Um, you like my radio voice? Thought it was interesting. So today, we're having another money conversation, and I'm really excited about this one because I'm talking with Brett Fellow. He is the founder of Unchained from the Chair. Um, if you want to look him up on Instagram, And he is a financial expert. You know, as a money coach, I help you get your financial shit together when it comes to like the foundations of financial literacy. I help you with mindset. I help you with habits. I help you with um, figuring out what it is that you value and where you should put your money towards to make sure that you are making it work for your values, all these things. But Brett is the one that's gonna help you retire. (laughs) That's gonna help you like actually have a plan to get away from the chair when you are ready. Rather than, I mean, have you ever been to a hairstylist retirement party? I haven't. A lot of us don't know how to plan for it. We don't know how to invest. We don't don't even realize that like selling your business eventually is an option. Brett is the person for this education. So I was very excited to chat with him and also a little nervous. I was like, okay, financial expert, are we going to have a boring conversation? Not at all. Okay. Brett was absolutely phenomenal. You're going to see in this episode. So please, please, please listen, give him a follow. Um, Go to unchainedfromthechair.com, get all of his um, free resources. I'm going to link them all in the show notes like I always do. So they're easy for you to find. So yeah, so enjoy this conversation. Um, You're going to see a lot more um, from Brett around my parts because I like the way that he discusses this topic. And you know, I'm all about finding ways to talk about money that makes you feel comfortable. So please enjoy. Also, with that being said, the wait list for my group coaching program is still up. I'm putting it down in the show notes. I want you to be the first one to know when group coaching is coming back. And let me tell you, it's coming soon and it is better than it has ever been. I have not released group coaching since like, I guess, I think it's been almost a year, y'all. I really think it's been like a year. Um, It went really well, but I wanted to perfect it, right? Like I learned a lot over the last two years. I learned a lot more of what people need when it comes to getting their financial shit together. And I'm revamping it and packaging it up just for you. So if you're sick of living paycheck to paycheck, you are ready to get your financial shit together um, and you're looking for the accountability, the action steps, and um, a community, right, to help you and support you through your journey, then you want to get on the wait list. So again, show notes, all the info, do it and listen to this conversation because as always, these money conversations are the most important. Enjoy, friends. 
Brett, welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. How are you today? Misty Jane, thank you. I am very excited to be here. As I said to you earlier, this is like meeting a movie star. So I'm oh really gosh. excited. You're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited because this is the we've had a tax professional on before. Yes. We have not had a financial advisor on before. Yes. So I'm very, very, very excited to have this conversation with you. Before you sure all your listeners aren't going to turn it off right away? No. No. And, and if you are listening and you're like, oh my God, wait, is this going to be boring? You've listened to the podcast before. I'm going to make sure this is not boring. And Brett is a very nice human being that has not bored me yet. Okay. <laughs> take, Give it time. Yeah. T- take my word for it. Um, Brett, tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Okay, sure. So I am a, a certified financial planner and certified exit planner uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. Um And we have a practice called Oak Capital Advisors that I founded in 2014 um, and also started at Unchained from the Chair, um, which is our Instagram handle. And it's actually our new web address, which hasn't gone live yet, but it should be next week. It's unchainedfromthechair.com. So we're excited about that. Um, But yeah, we mostly work with business owners, small business owners. um, And I can talk later about how you know, I got to where you are, uh, but we do financial planning historically for small business owners, uh, have about 80 families um, all throughout the country. Uh, as you can know, everything is virtual. So uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. I have a lot of experience in small business, how they work and don't work, uh, and then tie that together with finance background. So it's been kind of my, um, it's my mission is to be a hero for the small business owner. When did you start focusing on salons and stylists? Uh, literally uh, last, well, we officially committed to it 100% January 1. Mm-hmm. So when, what, what led to that decision? Okay. So um, <laughs> we got to the point, we hit a ceiling in our firm where, you know, we sell our time just like you and we, we have, cl- we couldn't take on any new clients um, unless it, made sense or, but what does making sense mean? It's a very commoditized space. Uh, and I didn't want to just, I wanted to make things easier because it behind the scenes, it was getting difficult, meaning doing planning for a heating and air company is different than doing planning for an engineering firm or doing a salon owner. So literally to, for behind the scenes, to make our back office easier, to make it more procedural and systematic, I said, okay, moving forward, any new client is only, it's going to look the same. Mm, um, down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So niche, niche weird. So <laughs> niche is small business. Uh, niche is, you know, doing planning for them. And then I would needed to get weird, meaning, all right, get to a funky market. Uh, so I said, all right, now I have to find out who that person is. And through a long thing with my coach, just looking at demographics and psychographics. My favorite client is a hair salon owner named Angie. Ah. Uh, and Angie has a commission salon. She's got, I don't know, 13 stylists, does up to 2 million in revenue. They, I run the simple IRA for the salon. She fully funds it. I do planning for her. Um, we bought the building eventually that she's in. We're paying, you know, now she's paying herself rent. And now we are in the stage where her manager and her lead stylist, we are giving them stock in the company Mm -hmm. and giving them, they're the next generation and they're going to knock on wood. If all goes as planned, they're going to buy her out um, and then she'll retire. And for me, selfishly, I get to be there all along that way in kind of different capacities. So uh, I love that. She does everything I say. Um, and I said, so, okay, well, if I could have more Angie's in my life, that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just then dug deep into the beauty industry in the fall and did a lot of research and there's nobody talking about money um, from a professional standpoint, I, not to dismiss the great work that you do. You know, there's, like you said, there's a few CPAs in but there's nobody really from a professional standpoint helping um, save for retirement or what the what right. are the tax issues of a Roth versus a traditional or all these different things. Um, so I was like, huh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So dug further. Then we started Unchained from the Chair just to gain footing. And with my coach, she pos- posed to me, okay, I want you to interview 50 people. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't recreate the wheel. And there's four criteria that we're ultimately trying to get to. One is, is there cap- growth in the industry? Well, that's a yes. Is there capacity, meaning are there other people like you in there? Is it crowded? Well, no. <laughs> so yeah. that's good for me. <laughs> um, do you enjoy the people? Yes, I love I, I love it. And then the last part is, you know, can it be financially successful for you, the practice? And, you know, that's the part where I'm still learning how I can best add value to different people in this industry. But the beauty of it is, is I don't need new business to do this. So I'm really on a quest to, you know, give education as much as I can and do things like we're doing this weekend with Lindsay and Kelly um, for the leadership summit to, frankly, give back as much as we can, because I know in time, those ones and two clients are going to come. They already have. Right. Um, and so it's really interesting. It, I treated it as a science experiment and it's kind of working out. So that's what brought us here today. So forgive the long answer. No, that's okay. I absolutely love that because it's so true. I mean, I always say like, have you ever been to a hair salon's retirement party? And I've right. Got- anyone say yes, you know, and it's really sad because again, we are such an integral part of the community. I mean, do you have a hairstylist that you love? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like, yeah. Oh, is Angie (laughs) a hairstylist? I love that. I love that even more. (laughs) Um, so I think it's so, so interesting because it was very similar with me. You know, I was the struggling hairstylist and mm-hmm. I had to learn financial literacy on my own. And which is why I do what I do now, because I am now what I needed yeah. when I was in that space. And it was the same thing when I first, like, I knew I wanted to help stylists. I didn't know how. I started telling my story. Um, and then I had a fellow educator slash stylist say, Hey, I would love for you to come and teach a class in my salon. And that's how I started this in the first place. Like right. it was not, I did not af- initially say, I want to help people with money. And yeah. then once I did that class where really, I just went and told my story and talked to stylists about how I did it. Um, I realized no one was talking about it. So very similar to you of like, no one is talking about what do you do with your money when you take it home? Right. And no one, te- you don't learn it in school. No. You don't learn it in hair school. You don't learn. Right. I mean, you should learn, start learning that in elementary school. Like right. the fact that it is not ever taught and it is something that you have to deal with for the rest of your life yeah. is insane. So I want to thank you for <sighs> like trusting in our industry because there is this, there is still very much this idea that like, we are just this kind of low on the totem pole um, industry. And it's so not true. I mean, even now when, when I tell people I coach hairstyles, like, oh, you teach people how to cut hair? Yeah. No, I I help them actually like figure out what to do with their money when they bring, I teach them how to budget. And people look at me like I have 27 heads. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, oh, hairstylists are human beings. They have to deal with money. Weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you get similar? Um, like yes, you- yes, absolutely. And and even talking with stylists in the beginning, like you said, they weren't taught anything. Um, so there's like three main things why I love this. They both excite me and scare me. First is <laughs> please expand I, on that. <laughs> you uh, you, you talk a lot about mindset, and um, you know, there's two things that we have to deal with as humans. Uh, one is health. Mm-hmm. And the other is money. Mm-hmm. So if you think about like the last 30 years, think about the um, the amount of work the medical field has done in terms of curing diseases yep. and just you know, what is around the head, what the, com- what the computer chip is going to do 10 years from now. So we're going to live longer. Um, that's a given. Your son is going to live till 95, guaranteed, right. if not longer. Um, but then think about money. Think of all of these top universities that steal all of these top brains in the world. Have you learned any more about money or seen anything in the last 10 to 20 years than no, right? No. So it's crazy. And people have this, the second part is people have this mindset that um, money is like science or math and it has not. It's 100% all about your behavior. So that's the first thing right off the bat for people who are afraid to talk about money is because they don't think they're smart enough is nobody. It's just your behavior. You don't have to be smart to, um, you know, to, to understand how money works. 
Um, But then what I love about this industry is a lot of these people have taken on um, the ability to make their own way. So they're telling society, hey, I'm not putting the onus on you to make me survive. I'm going to do it myself. Well, there's you can do a lot with that. Meaning if you take that risk, there's a lot of upside if you plan it right. Meaning you can save mess on lifetime taxes than the regular person getting a paycheck. You can save more for retirement than, you know, somebody else working at a factory. So there's so many things you can do if you know about it. And if you obviously stick to it, um, that there's a tremendous opportunity for you out there. So I like to put those two together, the mindset and then the the business um, about money and just, you know, lead people towards what they don't know and show them what they can do. Yes. It scares me because we are living longer. Yes. And that's the thing. I mean, I remember thinking this is, I chose this career and, and as a hairstylist, you just live paycheck to paycheck. That's just what you do. Like, like that was my mindset for so long. And it wasn't until I realized that no, like I was my own worst enemy. I was like spending on things that didn't matter in my life. I was complaining. I couldn't have these other things when in reality, if I would have just like started spending my money where I valued things, I could have had all, I have all those things now because, you know, and I remember feeling like I wasn't quote unquote, a numbers person, which I hear all the time. And I remember not even liking the conversation. Like, and now I notice when I tell people, especially in the hair industry, well, I'm a money coach. They avoid me. Like I've literally had a friend of mine say, I was going to this retreat and I knew I wasn't going to talk to you. (laughs) Money freaked me out. And we talk Uh about this all the time because it's like, or people go, oh, you're a money coach. And then they start telling me about their financial situation, you know, almost in a way that they think I'm judging them, which I'm like hundred percent not. And I find it really interesting. So how do you combat the fear of talking about money? Because I know back in the day, talking to, I still actually have a little bit of a fear around talking to a financial advisor. I'm not going to lie. Cause I, when it comes to taxes, um, when it comes to, um, investments, things like that, I mean, I have very basic in Mm -hmm. like, uh, IRA things -hmm. like that. Like, um, it scares me because Mm -hmm. I know nothing about it. So it feels like another language. So how do you kind of open up to the stylist that, that is maybe a little intimidated by the conversation? Yep. So I try to flip it. Um, and if you'd like, we can, I'll show you the very first thing we talk about with somebody new who's scared. Right. Yeah. I would love that. Give me two minutes. I'm going to do it to you. So bear with me. Okay. Okay. So, all right, Missy Jane, tell me what's important about money to you. Ooh, opportunity. I might, for me, money opens up um, I, I'm a experience whore. Like I love experiences. I love to travel. So for me, opportunity to be able to do those things is what I love about money. Okay. What's important about opportunity? To mm. you? Um, experience for sure. Memories. I'd much rather have memories and pictures than a nice purse any day. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Tell me what's important about memories to you specifically? Um, Connection with new people, um, learning new things about new cultures, uh, learning new things about new people. I'm very much a, hi, nice to meet you. Let's talk about all of your traumas kind of person. And I, Mm -hmm. I find the more that I travel, the more that I um, kind of open my mind up um, to new ideas. So that that's probably my favorite. So connection would probably be the answer in one word. (laughs) I love it. What's important about connection to you? Mm. That one's going to make me think, (laughs) um, I don't know. It feels like love. It feels like, you know, it feels like, um, it feels important. It feels, it, it feels like you're, you're getting and giving at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There may be more to this. There may not. Um, what's important about getting and giving and having that love to you? I think just feeling a part of something bigger for sure. 
because this is a quite a large world <laughs> that we think only is revolves around us. <laughs> yeah. So let's pretend, Missy Jane, that you're there. Um, you've created a space where you are a part of something bigger. You have the gifting and giving. You feel very important um, by noticing that love through connection. And you're able to do that and create these memories and opportunity by the way you've set up your life. Mm. Let's say you're there. What's a word or two you're thinking now that you're there? Ooh, abundant for sure. Um, gratitude for sure. Um, brave for sure. <laughs> so let me ask you this, whatever we talk about for money and for you and your future and whatever we decide and whatever we go, whether it's taxes or retirement or insurance, is it okay if we do it around you being abundant and brave? A thousand percent. That's it. Brett, take all my money. I'm hiring <laughs> you today. <laughs> I love that. So, I, I mean, that. it's, I'll go behind the science for that in a second, but you know, if you ever work with an, so here's my advisor thing. If you go to an advisor and they start with talking about investments or something like that, Mm -hmm. run away. Cause yeah. I mean, a computer can do it. You don't need an advisor for that. If you go to one for goal, they start with goals. Well, goals is great. Um, and we definitely need goals because those are the tangible things that we want to accomplish, but what's the why behind them. And that's what that exercise is for is to get to the why, because the why is the, you know, emotional payoff for yes. achieving those goals. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really all starts with your values and you'll notice. So like, and I know it's a pain to say what's important about this to you. And you, you really have to go kind of seven or eight layers deep um, because you notice it starts kind of like the Maslow hierarchy of needs. It starts as kind of general. They'll say like freedom or opportunity. And it, it's the same for everybody. The buzz, you kind of hear the buzzwords. Yep. And then yeah. you start connecting with people. So which you did, and sometimes it's family or others. Um, and then you get to the third level and then you started talking about being a part of something bigger, um, brave, giving. And so that's truly where you find people's why. Yes. Uh, and so we, we always, so we have like a, a one page financial plan. So a quote unquote plan, it's just one page. Um, but on the very first thing is your statement of purpose. And so those words that you used is the very first thing you'll always see. And then everything else is just math that's going to support that. Right. Well, at the end of the day, right, the numbers are just facts. Yeah. You know, and we attach so much to it. I love that you do that. I kind, I don't, I do something kind of similar with my clients and really, cause I'm like, what do you want? And then yeah. I kind of the same where they'll, they'll answer and I'll say why. And yeah. then they'll answer again and I'll say why again. And right. I'll, I'll say why about five right. times until yeah. they're oh, sitting there really digging deep and it's so interesting because I really don't think people think that deeply about things, Yeah. When it, especially when it comes to spending too, right? Yeah. Like with the credit card world and, you know, it's so easy to not have to think about what's happening. Yes. That if people like you and I are starting to force people to think a little deeper, they're actually going to do that when they're walking through Target. They're actually, yeah. you know what I mean? They're going to start getting used to it. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. I love that. And, you know, so then it also goes back to, and this is harder to say, but whether you make your net income is 50,000 or your net income is 500,000, I've seen people with 500,000 and their net worth ain't that much better than somebody with 50,000. Right. Uh, so it's just all, it's all fake. It's all, this is all intimidation thing. It's not real. Yeah. Um, we've been taught to think about money incorrectly. So like profit first and all that other stuff that, you know, you know, mm -hmm. it's all backwards, uh, how mm -hmm. we think about it. So we really spend a lot of time on the front end, just getting rid of that as much as we can, and then planning around what's important to you and whether, um, whether that's selling your salon or whether that's retiring and living the life that you want to do or travel, or I don't care what it is. It's not right. mine. It's my job to pull that out of you and then help you make decisions that best support that. I love that. So you said the word risk earlier, and I want to talk a little bit about that because this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately because, you know, I found myself in $48,000 in debt in the past and it was over vacationing Lululemon clothes, going out <laughs> yeah. to eat. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It was for yeah. nothing important. Yep. 
Um, and now that I'm in a different space, I'm kind of learning how to leverage debt for my business. And I'm learning how to, um, when, you know, when I should, you know, borrow money for the greater good of the business and not like, it's been a very interesting journey the past couple of years because it's very uncomfortable and it feels very, very risky. What would you say to somebody like me or somebody that's maybe opening a salon or a suite where they're maybe taking out debt because it's their only option? Like what, what, what words of advice would you have for us? Yeah. Um, I, my answer is, I think that's good debt. So mm-hmm. any debt you take out to better yourself, whether that is a new job or to or education or something like that, I, I classify that as good debt. There's a caveat though. Before we take that debt, you know, we have to make sure that you are not, if it doesn't work, we have to make sure that it doesn't affect your personal life. So there we needs definitely to be have, a plan behind the debt. Yeah, you can't just take the debt. Right. Um most small businesses fail, not because they don't know what they're doing and because they run out of money and it's not the company's money, it's their personal money. Mm, And so we really have to delineate between the two, but yeah, if we're on sure footing, meaning you're going to be okay, if this doesn't work, um, you've got emergency fund, whatever that might look like, or you have maybe a spouse or something that's working as well. um, And we've saved most Stylists I run into that want to start haven't saved enough right. to give themselves a cushion because you know Murphy's Law, it's going to take longer and cost more. Uh, life is not linear. It's going to be a mess. It's going to screw up. There's going to be COVID. Yep. So you have to over pad. That's where the risk, if we can get, if we can do that, that's the risk. It's not right. the risk of borrowing the money. Right. It's the risk of, you know, keeping yourself exposed. So as long as we're there, I'm all for, I did it. I do it all the time. I, yeah. I, you know, why not do that where you could get a 20 to 50% return on your investment as opposed to, well, I'll just invest it and get three to five. I mean, yes. no, I think it's a great idea. Just have to be smart about it. Yeah. It's so funny because it's funny you say that because I, um, you know, I definitely grew up well, I mean, the two the two money stories I grew up with was my mom having the credit cards are like as long as you have good credit, you can buy anything. So she was just, she that's where my debt came from. Then on the other side, I had my dad who has I think he's been bankrupt quite a few times. Like yeah. when and still penny pinches. Like I literally used to watch him yeah. like dump the water jug of coins out and roll yeah. it to go to the yeah. bank to get gas yeah. to go to work. So I had like. These two very different, and he saw as you better save, you better save, but yeah. it was never taught. Like yeah. to, I'm, he's like, you better save, and I'm seeing a water jug full of pennies. Yeah. <laughs> so in my mind, there's that, and then now I start listening and reading books about these like millionaires and how they, you know, basically went down to like almost being broke to build these million dollar businesses, and it it, it like is a very uncomfortable thing to hear because it's something I've never heard before, like. Mm-hmm not saying you should go down to your last penny for any business, but, (laughs) um, but, and hearing how, you know, they always borrow money over spending their own money for this reason, that reason. And, and it's been about a year since I've started listening to stuff like this. And it's still like, it's getting more comfortable the more I listen to it, but it's very, I think that we don't consider how uncomfortable just learning new information can be Mm. right. Like we don't think about it. And I I guess that goes back into the behavior that you were talking about, which I'd love to talk about that a little bit more because I really don't think people think about that part. And even when I did get my financial shit together and we moved into this neighborhood that we are in, which is more of a high income neighborhood, there was this feeling of, we don't really belong here. They're going to come and tell us to leave. Like, you know what I mean? And and I think that there is this whole other side to getting your financial shit together that it's hard to talk about until you're in it, or it's hard to really understand until you're in it. Um, Do you have any thoughts on that? That was a lot of words, but. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think, um, you know, the things that you're reading, and by the way, there's a great podcast called The Founders. I don't Mm. know if you've ever heard of that, but that's Mm -mm. all they do is they talk about uh, entrepreneurs and. Ooh, I'm writing that down. Success stories, but all those success stories. Yeah. Those people hit rock bottom first. And I think that's because it's at that point where you, you you have to produce or you're done. 
Right. Um, and that's unique in a way in that it creates creativity. It makes you think outside the box. You have to be resourceful to make it work. Right. But for all those ones that you're reading about or hearing about, you know, there's 10x more that didn't make it. So frankly, it my answer is it depends on what part of the journey that you're on. Mm. I mean, if you have kids and you have you you have, and that's a more difficult conversation. Right. If you're young. Um, if you feel like if you have support some way, shape, or form, yeah, I think it's an awesome way to take advantage of and do it and take that risk. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's a double-edged sword. It all depends on where you are. Yes, I totally agree. And I, and I love the idea, like, okay, yes, you can take the risk of taking on debt for your dream or whatever, but you have to have a plan. I totally agree with you. You know, it it has to be like, okay, I'm able to do this, you know, as long as I have this, you know, whatever there has to be some, it's because I've talked to so many people who they get the square loans Okay. And they don't think twice about it. And they just click the button because they get the email and then, and then they, they're like, wait, they take 18% out every time someone swipes their card. And it's like, there was no thought behind it. It was that, um, that quick, like, I just need this money. And, and that's where you get yourself in trouble. Would you agree? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I was just saying the easy way is the hard way. The hard way is the easy way. I mean, if you can get it that fast, that easy at the end of the day, it's not going to be a good outcome. Right. Right. And this isn't to be, it's not like, oh, you have to save everything and you can't spend it all. Uh, you know, I love to spend. I want people to spend. I'm my, there's a point in time where I frankly, people get too conservative and they don't spend enough. Um, you know, yeah. they don't understand compounding interest and depends on how much money you have. But if that thing stays invested, you've got to spend that or it's going to, you're going to pass it on. So what did you work so hard for? So right. I love to spend. Yeah. Um, but like anything else, it's health, it's exercise, it's eating, it's, you have to have a plan. That's all. So, so let's talk about savings then for a second. Oh, here we a go. lot of people, they, they think, well, I just have to save, 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 save. And I always kind of tell, well, what are you saving for? Right. Is it an emergency fund? And you have a certain amount you'd like in there. Is it because you're saving for a vacation or you're saving for Christmas or you say like, and I'm not talking about retirement. I'm talking about just like a savings account. How do you feel about that? Because I'm to the point now where I encourage people to save for kind of a reason and then put your money towards investments or whatever it is else that you want in your life. Because if we're just throwing money in a bank account, is mm-hmm. that really doing anything? Yeah. I mean, the blocking and tackling of it from our side, I guess, if you're asking that, I would say I would have, let's say your emergency fund, let's say that's three months, keep mm-hmm. that in your savings. Yes. There's nowhere. Um, then if you've got, let's just say three to six months, then I would go to a, right now, it's just appropriate. We're recommending high yield savings that are paying 4%. Yep. Um, there's no reason to have months four, five, and six sitting in savings, earning nothing. At least right. try to explain to the listeners to what high yield savings account is as well. So high yield savings simply is you're going to get more interest on your money. Now, high yield savings is predominantly online. Um, Frankly, they're banks, they're legit banks, but they don't have brick and mortar. So they they don't have the expense of payroll and property tax and all that stuff. So they can afford to pay a higher yield on your money. So although Bank of America might give you 1.5 or something, you can get 4.5. Um, often for, you know, sometimes there's minimum payments and minimum, um, how long you want to hold it, but, uh, yeah. So don't keep it just sitting in cash. Cause the other greatest thing we have to combat over the course of our lifetime is inflation. The inflation, let's just say it's 3% and it's been higher the last 12 months. If you're making nothing and everything's going up 3%, you're, you're losing ground. Right. Um, right off the bat. So you have to at least keep pace with inflation. So essentially so, the bank is borrowing your money and paying you interest rather than you borrowing their money and you paying them interest. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> but yeah. And then we just do, so let's say it's a little bit more than that. Then it's all when you need the monies. So that if I don't need monies for three to five years, then we're going to invest them. And we're only going to try to get maybe a four or 5% rate of return. Again, just outpace inflation, maybe by one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, if the timeline goes long, longer, we get more aggressive with it. Um, 
all the way to all equities for monies that you don't need, you know, for the minimum is 10 years, um, if you have 10 years or more, um, then you want to be all in equities, great stocks, um, great companies in the US, because um, that will get you the highest rate of return. So we kind of do this ladder, if that makes right. sense, but it all depends on um, what your plan is and when you need the monies. And that's why our communication is so important because things change every 90 days. Right. Uh, right. So we are, we're always adjusting that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's great advice. Um, okay. So a stylist is listening to this and they are still a little nervous, yeah. right? But they know that they need some kind of retirement. They know that, you know, they don't want to be behind the chair all the time. Where yeah. would you suggest they start besides like booking a consultation with you or, yeah, yeah. You um, know? well, I love if they, I don't use the word budget. I use awareness. Oh, okay. I use so spending I like, plan. I like that better because yeah. it sounds like you're allowed to spend money because you yeah, are. I like it. <laughs> so um, you're aware, you have to know where all your money goes. You don't need a budget per se, but you at least need to know where it goes. Mm -hmm. um, and then I always recommend just like a 50, 30, 20. Um, so 50% of your net paycheck goes towards your living expenses. Um, 30% goes towards kind of more discretionary uh, expenses so let me back that up. 50% is more of your fixed expenses, 30% is more of your discretionary expenses, and then 20% is for um, savings. Your future. Now, savings could be retirement. Savings could be paying down debt, it, wherever it is. But you have to get used to this is that whole profit first or pay yourself first. You have to set it up this way. Literally, we walk people through bank account one, bank account two, bank account three, and we set it up. Mm -hmm. um, so that you you know build that habit and build confidence. It's all about confidence. Um, then once you've got that going, um, I would look to save twenty percent of that twenty percent bucket. Fifty percent of that should go towards retirement. Mm, yes, always. Yeah, I love that. I don't that make that too confusing, but no, sorry. no, no. I get it. I mean, really, it would be like ten percent of the yeah. whole. <laughs> yes, that's correct. So and that's an excellent way to say it. You need to be saving at least 10% for retirement. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's game stakes. You at least need to be saving 10% of what you make. And I will tell you, if somebody's listening to this and you're in your twenties, okay. I have been doing hair now for 20 years. Okay. This is my 20th year behind the chair. I wore the shoes. I, I worked 15 hours a day. I did all the things you're doing. Okay. You get older, whether you like it or not, whether you're in the gym, whether you're eating healthy and your body hurts regardless. Okay. <laughs> you are not going to want to work the way that you are working right now forever. Yeah. So you have to think about the future because I will tell you this 20 years has flown by. So for the person listening in their early twenties that thinks that this is so far away and you have time. If you start now, tell them what happens if they start in their early 20s compared to like, say, me starting in my late 30s. What does yeah. that look like? Well, the biggest advantage anybody has in terms of saving money is time. So the more time you have, the bigger the advantage. And the reason that is, is because of compounding interest. So have you ever heard of the magic penny? No. Okay. So I will give you a million dollars today. I have heard of this. Mm -hmm. Or I'll give you a penny that compounds for 30 days. Mm -hmm. I'll take the penny. Cheat, the penny. Right? Penny's worth $10.6 million. Mm -hmm. So if you can just save, even if it's $10, $20, but back to that 10%, your money's going to start making money on its own. And then it just snowballs, you know, 10 to 20, 20 to 40, 40 to 80, 80 to 160. So it just starts getting bigger and bigger, and bigger. The longer you give that opportunity, mm -hmm. the more money you're going to have. Yeah. So if you're younger, you can put less in investments because you have more time. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. So. You could double up starting at age 45 and have be nowhere near what that 25 year old did. Nowhere Do near. That? Do you hear that stylus? I hope you're listening. <laughs> Mathematically impossible. But yeah, and that's a big thing. Another part of why I love this, you know, what we're creating a course called leaving your salon is inevitable. I mean, it's going to happen. So what are you going to do? How do you extract that equity out of what you're doing? Whether that means you sell it or not, that doesn't matter. Maybe you're not going to sell it. Maybe you're just going to stop. But 
again, you have advantages in that structure that you are on sole proprietor and S corp, however you're set up mm-hmm. to save a lot more than the average person. So take advantage of that, meaning what's your plan, what's your exit strategy to get out. Yeah. Um, so, and, or if you're creating something that is a value that somebody might buy, how do you tap into that value? Yes. Um, so the longer time you give that either direction, the more you're going to have. Well, and I love your story about your stylist, because I think that a lot of people don't think about that. I think people think they go, they do hair, maybe they open a salon and then they walk away. I don't think they consider the idea that, well, you can sell your business. Like you can, you can, you know, there's so many different ways to walk away and still, you know, thrive from it. And I, I don't hear that ever talked about ever. Right. And you can, and that's why we titled it Unchained from the Chair. The only way it's worth value is if you're not involved. Yeah. Because if you're involved, I'm not going to buy it. Are you going to buy it? Because once right. that once that person's gone, it's not worth anything. So you have to create it so that it's self-managing and you know it doesn't need to be crazy, but it runs on its own and is worth something. And somebody's going to be interested in that. So that's worth something. You got my brain going just on like my business. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah, like if I was gone, business is gone. (laughs) We just have a glorified job. That's all. Yeah, exactly. A very hard one when you're running everything. (laughs) I love that. So one other thing I want to touch on, because you said the word confidence earlier, and I Mm -hmm. always say confidence is built on accomplishments. And I think a lot of times we wait to feel confident in something before we do something. And we're never going to get there because the confidence doesn't come until you start doing it. So how would somebody, again, start to build confidence in their future, in their investments, in their money, um, in your opinion? How do we do it? Or how would I recommend somebody get either one, whichever direction you want to take it? Um, Selfishly, how we do it is I think you you might have known the other day. So we meet with clients every six months and every six months we're working on something. But when we meet, we always look back. We always celebrate your progress um, because the future is always going to change and we're never going to get there. Um, So we're always celebrating what you've accumulated or done. And we literally keep a list and just, so if somebody bitches or even about us say, look, look at all you have done. Do you think you would not have done that without us? Mm -hmm. Uh, Selfishly, we'll do that. But the other thing that we do too, that has been even more impactful is just a visual is just your net worth. Mm -hmm. Um, We, so we know our client's net worth. And when you have it for 10 years, it doesn't matter what happens with who's president or the stock market or or whatever, your net worth is always going to go up right. and to the right. If you pay your mortgage, if you, you know, save 10%, mm-hmm. it's, it's infallible. It will always go up. So we don't focus on the markets when it comes to people's money. We just focus on your net worth progress. Cause that's always going to go up. And you see people double their net worth in seven years. Um, and it's just, that's an amazing look of confidence. And we say, what do you think that's going to look like in 10 years? Yes. So that's how we do it. Um, but I think back to individual, just like you always say, you know, pay yourself first, get used to saving that money, build that emergency fund, bam, there's confidence, mm-hmm. build that extra high yield saving, bam, that's confidence. And yep. if you live it properly, you're going to keep going. It's going to get easier. You're going to make more money because it frees you up and, or it creates cash, which creates opportunity for you that in theory could free you up to maybe go start your own salon or do something different um, that you make even more money. So yeah. you can, there's a great saying 10 X is easier than two X. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can multiply that much faster than little, little increment increment, but you've got to really, um, you, you got to really gain confidence in yourself and give yourself that track record that you can do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's been the biggest thing with my clients is when they first start working with me, they don't really trust themselves very much. Like they yeah. don't trust that they're going to do the thing they're, They don't trust that they're going to get to the other side. And then by the end they have done things because they yeah. have the accountability. Um, and then they, you could just see like how much lighter they are, even over like a zoom call, which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I had first saved money in like an emergency fund and I don't remember what happened. I think we had to get new tires or, you know, some life thing happened. And I remember it happening and us both just going, oh, we have the money. And like, 
And in the past, it would have been like, oh my God, it would have been an argument. It would have been stress. It would have been this whole thing. And it was just like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't affect us at all day to day now because we have this money sitting here. And I think that's what changed everything for me. And I was like, wait, we did that. And and I, I love what you were saying about kind of going back and celebrating the wins because we forget we have to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had this conversation with a friend of mine in the past two days because I was kind of in this, you know, where do I go from here? Fate, like, you know, mindset. And then I had to stop and go, wait, I'm literally living what I wished I would have had three years ago, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, why am I not focusing on that instead of focusing on the more, the more, the more. Right. Um, so I love that you do that because it's so, especially with money, it's so easy to, to get in that, like, well, it's not enough. I need more. I need more mindset. But in reality, like, look how far you've come and like, trust that you're going to continue to go further. Right. Right. You can remember 10 years ago, if you were making the money, if you had the money that you're thinking that you're making now, you never thought you were going to make what you're making now. And look what you Never. And the other, the big thing you said is we, um, we will not work with a client if they have partner uh, or spouse, uh, you have to co-create that future. It cannot be one person. Oh, um, talk to me a little bit about that. I'm, I'm, I'm curious on that. Well, I mean, it's just simple. You both have to be on the same page right. of what you're creating. Um, and if, if we don't know what the spouse is doing. Mm-hmm. Let's say your spouse has a job and we're trying to do stuff through your business. Well, maybe there's things we can do through emphasis on his, this item over there on his side, where you can do more on this side. Um, So even just as investing, are you investing in the same things? We don't want that. We want to make sure they're going in different directions so that as a household, you're okay. Um, But more importantly, just the communication of where you want to go and how you're going to get there. I love that communication with a spouse is huge. I'm actually working on something. I'm not going to announce it yet because I don't know if it'll be out by the time that this comes out. (laughs) I'm working on something specifically to help people talk with their significant others because it is such an issue, Yeah, you know, and, and I always remind my clients is like you, your relationship with money is just like your relationships with people. And if you hide it and ignore it and, and it's a secret and like, like you're going to get the same thing out of that relationship with your money as you would get out of a relationship with a human, if you did the same things. Um, and it's, um, that important. what's important about money to you exercise mm-hmm. when you do it with a couple, I can't tell you that how many times one spouse has said, I had no idea yeah. about that. Yes. So it's yeah. amazing. Well, it's funny. That's what I talk to my clients about finding out what their significant other, other, what their values are. And, mm-hmm. and cause so for example, this is a, this makes me laugh every time. Like my husband, I'm a bigger spender. So when I like want to spend on something, it's like a vacation or a dinner out. Like it's a more expensive situation. My husband will seven 11 himself to death. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I will like, look at our spending plan. And for the longest time, I'm like, what are you buying every day at seven 11? Like your pet, you're spending, you know, 10, $11 every day what is it? Can I go to Costco? Can I get it? Like what, what is happening? Cause it adds up over time. Sure. And what we t- finally talked about is that it isn't what he's buying. It is the act of getting up early, going to his job, stopping at seven 11 with the other men that are doing the same thing, getting the coffee with these men. Uh-huh. So it was like the experience of it. And you know what? Now I don't care. Now it's yeah. like, you go do your thing because yeah. I didn't realize that that was in, it was like this, like, like thing that like, he just liked to do it. It made him feel good. And yeah. I'm like, well, okay, great. That's different. You know, I yeah. thought you were just being lazy and <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think that's super important to think about because I yeah. hear that a lot. Well, my husband hunts all the time and he spends all this money on blah, blah. Well, guess what? He loves that. Mm-hmm. What if he told you, you can't spend all this money on whatever, you know, your face stuff or whatever. Like, yeah. I think we forget that we both have very different values and, yes. and you're, and very different money stories, yes. right? So combining them, you have to learn how to work together. So I love, I love that you do that. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, you both just want to know that you're going to be okay. Yes. And you both come at it in different ways. So frankly, it's kind of like our job to m- massage that and understand the different personality types and say, does this make sense to you? Does this make sense to you? Just knowing that you're going to be 
Okay. I can't, yeah. that, that's all we talk about. Yeah. I love that. So my last main question for you is what do you think it means to become a cash confident stylist? Oh, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I believe it's giving yourself discretionary time. I, I always live off of kind of four principles, meaning you want to have freedom of purpose. You want to have freedom of people. You want to have freedom of time and you want to have freedom of money. Uh, so if you can create, work on those four things and money's obviously affords a lot of that. And, but again, back to, if you've gone off on your own, or if you're leaning on yourself to make your own income, you're working on your freedom of purpose. You're it's important who you surround yourself with. Um, you've noticed that the last few years, like you've said, so then, um, okay. Back to freedom of money we address that back to, you might be able to sell this, or you need to save X amount that will give you freedom of time and freedom of time can be, I can retire at this age, or I can take two weeks off and it doesn't matter. Or my kid is sick and I can leave for the rest of the day and it doesn't matter, or I can get new tires and I'm fine. So that's what I mean by freedom of time. So, yeah. um, yeah, I would say you want to have that freedom of time because that's true wealth. That's mm -hmm. true wealth. It's not money. It's discretionary time. Yes. I absolutely love that. Um, tell the listeners where they can find you. Do you have anything for them? Um, just spill all the things. And I will be putting this in the show notes for anyone listening so they can click and get to you very easily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, so Instagram add unchained from the chair and uh, unchained from the chair.com are the two best places to go. You can actually schedule, you can see my calendar on unchained from chair from the com, .com our website, um, mm -hmm. to have a conversation. Um, uh, I think the easiest thing that I can give back and it's a little weird, but, um, we do tax return planning. We do tax planning. Awesome. Um, if somebody would like, I'm happy to do a free tax return analysis, meaning what do the steps uh, we would send someone a link, a secure link, so they could then email a, of their personal tax return. Then we would literally turn it around within a day or two and give you points of things you might be missing on your tax at tax return, whether it's credits or deductions, or even just to understand the damn thing. Right. Um, this tremendous opportunity, or hey, if you put five thousand into an IRA, you would have saved this amount in tax. Mm. Or you, if you have a child, you miss this credit for your daycare or whatever it might be. Right. Um, that's really, really easy for us to do. We bought an accounting software that frankly just PDF a tax return and it kicks it right back out. So um, it's no sweat off my back, easy to do. So I'm happy to do that. I think it's hard. I don't have a link for it, but if you'd like to send me an email or connect on uh, DM on Instagram, happy to get your email and we can send that. Awesome. Brett, thank you so much. I very much enjoyed this. This was thank not you. a boring conversation. <laughs> <you know. laughs> well, I appreciate you and I appreciate you having me and your time. And I look forward to talking with you in the future. Absolutely. This will not be the last time we collaborate. That is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you, Mr. Jane. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Talk with you on the next one.